Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 7, and uh, before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and for all that you've done. Thank you for your many blessings. I'm grateful for who you are and what you've, what you've done for me. But even more than that, <clears throat> it's not just about me being greedy. You are worthy of all praise, regardless of what you've done for me, because you created all of this. You're the creator of all and deserving of praise. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for loving me and taking care of me. Thank you for not giving up on me and continuing to walk next to me. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Hebrews 7 is about Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is a high priest. He was a awesome priest. He was so awesome that Abraham didn't even hardly know him, but just recognized him for what he was and gave him a tenth of all of his plunder after he'd gone out and defeated um, defeated some other nation. So Abraham looked at him, and he was pretty amazing. And it's really the only time that Melchizedek's even addressed in the Bible is, is that one event with Abraham. And then of course here in Hebrews, he's also, um, you know, they, they talk about him a little bit very briefly in, in Psalms. But the reality is, is they don't know his lineage. They don't know his birth, his death, his parents, really. They just know that he was a incredible priest and king at the same time. And in math in Hebrews 7, basically the author is drawing a correlation that Melchizedek was awesome and incredible, yet Jesus is even more incredible. That Jesus is our high priest. And you know, I don't really know much about high priest. We don't have them a lot and we don't deal with them a lot on a daily basis like they did with the Jews. But the high priest was the one who submitted, you know, the offerings for the, for the sins of the people. And he also had to do it for himself, for his own sins. And yet with Melchizedek, you know, there was nothing that he had to do. He didn't have, he didn't earn the 10% from Abraham. He just was. And yet he's not as great as Jesus. He's kind of a good analogy of an old Testament, but he's, but Jesus will go on forever versus Melchizedek. So let's go ahead and jump into verse one. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without being without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch, Abraham, gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the, the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their fellow Israelites. Even though 
They also, they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham, because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. Verse 11. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, so this is where it goes and it changes. So all of a sudden it's the argument now about how do people get perfected? How do they get forgiven? How do they have a high priest who lives forever versus not? And what is the power of that high priest? If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that, priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must change also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priest. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And that's in Psalms 110 verse 4. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who become those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. It was the priest's job to intercede on behalf of the people. He gave the offerings for their sins and he interceded and beg God for them, for him to forgive them. But we now have a priest who never dies. He's not one of many. He is the only one. And when, and he wasn't ordained through the law, which made nothing perfect. He was ordained and declared righteous by God and makes us perfect. And he's never going to be repeated because he doesn't die. Verse 26, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart for sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints his high priest 
men in all their weakness. But the oath which came after the law pointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. So, again, the audience are Jews, and Jews have been dealing with their high priest forever. It's just part of their life. The priesthood is very much part of their existence. Tithing and everything else has been part of their life. The Levitical priest and the priesthood was just part of what they knew. Priests were, there were hundreds, thousands of them. So unlike today where, candidly, I don't ever deal with a priest. I deal with a pastor, but I don't deal with a priest. And I grew up always realizing and hearing that Jesus is the high priest. I never really understood what that meant. But in the end, the Jews did, and the Hebrews that this is written for, truly understood the situation with a high priest versus not. As I so poorly put it in the summary, I basically declare, you know, drew the correlation between the best lawyer in the world versus not. There's lots of lawyers, but are you the best? Are you the one that can always get someone cleared of their wrongdoing? Do you know the judge? And what if I can't afford you? It's okay because you already paid that price for me. You already made sure I got my, my, my crime dismissed because you paid that price for me. That's really what, in my mind, the equivalence, equivalency is. I have the world's greatest lawyer speaking to the judge, the final judge, the final arbiter of my life, and saying, he's good. Even though he can't afford it, I've already paid the price. So forgive him and move on and let him move on and live forever with us. And that's ultimately what the high priest is doing when it's Jesus and he's our high priest. So with that, let's go back to God in prayer and wrap up. Lord, thank you for being my high priest, my ultimate lawyer, the one who forgives everything, who gets me, my, who gets my sins forgiven because you paid the price of those sins. I'm grateful. I'm undeserving, that's for sure. And I'm grateful for what you've done. So Lord, I lift up this reading to you and I just praise you for it. I praise you that you're my high priest and I that you argue on my behalf at the throne. So Lord, I just pray for this day. I pray you'd be the one that I live for and that you'd be honored and glorified by what I do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.